All right, today is Daf Nun. Got a whole bunch more of Agadah to learn. So we're on Mem Tesamet Beis, seven lines from the bottom of the Yomid. Rabbi Yehuda kad ozil lebe medrasha, when Rabbi Yehuda would go to Beis Medrash, shokal gulfa al kasve, he would put this container, a jug, he would put it on his shoulders so he could use it essentially as a chair when he gets to Beis Medrash. Omar, he said, gedele molachash mechabedes as baila. See, he's bavarning that lecher, it's not bekavadik for a gadol Yisrael to be carrying this thing, even though he's using it as a chair, in which he said, since it's mechabed me later on, the chiddush is that even now I'm schlepping into the Beis Medrash, that's still legal. Rabbi Shimon shakal tzana al kaspe. Shimon carried a basket so he could have a seat when he gets to this medrash. Gedele molochash mechabedes es baileha. Devisu de Rebbe Yehuda noktas amra. Rebbe Yehuda's wife once went to the marketplace to buy amra, wool, of the glima de hutve. She made a chashava beged out of it, like a cloak, or maybe like a cape. Of course, it really wasn't chashav, but klape, the fact that they were super aniyim, they were very, very poor, that was considered a chashava thing. So kadnafkes l'shuka mekasia be, when she would go out to the shuk, she would wear it. Kadnafek Rebbe Yehuda, let's and when Rabbi Yehuda went out to daven, have a mechse umatzle. He would wear it, and he would daven. The chad mikase be have a mevarach baruch she atane meil. And when he would wear it, he would even make a bracha, kind of the equivalent of the malbisharumim bracha that we make every day. He made a bracha on it also. So a couple of quick points. Number one is the same beged that a husband and wife would both wear. You might think there might be a problem with begedish or begedisha, but the very fact that they could both wear it, so it was clearly a unisex kind of a piece of clothing. So the pais can say that that is actually okay. And the fact that he made a bracha here. The rush brings a riot from this Gemara to the personalization of brachas. Berchas and we see you can make a bracha about what's more chaviv to you. And for Hilchas Shehechiyanu, it depends on how chashiv something is, whether you're going to make a bracha. Anyway, here you see that we can take uh, brachas into our own control of our own opinion on things. Zimnachada Gozer Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Tanisa. One time, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, who was the Nasi, he made a tainus on the tzibur. Rabbi Yehuda also made a tainisa. Rabbi Yehuda didn't show up, and he was like a balmaifis. They really wanted, he made Nisim happen, so they really wanted him to come. So Amrin Le, so they said to Rabshim Gamil, Lo Isle Kisuya. You know why Rabbi didn't come? Because he has nothing to wear. And this is not like when your wife says, Oh, I have nothing to wear. No, this is like he really had nothing to wear. So Shadale Galima Vlay Kabil. So Rabshim Gamil sent with the like Talmidim his own coat or some sort of clothing to Rabbi Huda, so he should be able to come. But Vlay Kabil, Rabbi Huda wasn't Makabal. So now Rabbi Huda didn't want to be Mavayish the Talmidim or Khastashal Bihuspik to Ramgamil. So what he did was Dole Tsifsa, he peeled back the mat that he was sitting on, and underneath the Rishadim say there was a lot of money underneath. Now, of course, he didn't expect it to be there. That was a nace, that there was money there. He told the, the shluchim, you see what there is there? Like, he was counting on the fact that there should be a nace of money there. And he says, see, I don't need it. I, I got plenty of money on my own. So, I just don't want to have enough from things in Olam Hazet. So, I'm going to turn down Roshim Gamliel. So, I'm not going to take this beggar that he sent for me to wear. Now, more stories about Aeneas. And this one, of course, is a famous one. You'll remember this from Ksuvis Samach Beis. Now, there's slight differences between this version of the story we're about to read and what's over there, but essentially they're the same. Rabbi Akiva is consciously brate to Kalba Savua. Rabbi Akiva was engaged, or he had a kiddushin with Kalba Savua's daughter. Remember, Kalba Savua was a very wealthy person. That's why they call him Kalba Savua. Anybody who was hungry like a dog would come to Kalba Savua. He was chash of a person, and his daughter could have gotten any shidduch she wanted. Could have, and all the Tanaim would have wanted to marry Kalba Savua's daughter. But yet, she picked Rabbi Akiva because he had such great sterling midas. Shoma Kalba Savua. When Kalba Savua heard about the chasna, he threw her out. Adra Hana Mikol Nachse, and he made a netter that she can't get any Hana from his possession. But despite this, Oslov 
this Nasivale Bisivsa. They went and got married to Rabbi Akiva during the winter, meaning they did the Nasuin. Avigonabe Tivna, because they were so poor, they slept on straw without any pillows or blankets, the Marsha points out. Havika Minaketle Tivna Min Mazaya. And Rabbi Akiva would take the straw out of her hair, or the Mephar says he would, she would take it out of his hair, but it conjures up a poignant image of him plucking these little straw pieces out of her hair because they weren't on a proper bed. Omar Lei, if I had the money, Ramina Leich Yerushalayim Dedhava, I would put on your head a tiara of gold that was like the Yerushalayim. That was like a, uh, apparently some kind of a, a, a jewelry item women would wear, some kind of tiara that looked like a skyline of Yerushalayim. At least that's the way I'm imagining it. We just recently had it in the Mishnah, Masech the Shabbos. Anyway, at that moment, when they were, I guess, bemoaning their sadness of being so poor, Asa Eliyahu, Idmi Lahain Ke'enasha, Eliyahu appeared like a person, Vikakari above, and he was outside the door, Amr Luhu, and Eliyahu said to them, Havuli Purtid Tivna, please give me some straw, the Yaldas Itzi, the Leslie Madam Laaguna. Because my wife just had a baby, and I have nothing to lay her down on, so I just need to have some straw so she can lay down. So Amr Le Rabbi Akiva Le Rabbi Akiva says to his wife to make her feel better, Chazi Gavrida Filu Tivna Loy Islay. You see, here we are kvetching about the fact that we have to have a straw bed. This guy doesn't even have straw. And Rechaim Shmulevitz points out in the Sichas Musr that we learn from here that while when a person is looking to grow in their Ruchnius, maybe they should look at people who have more Ruchnius than them to get inspiration. But when you're looking to get Chizik from not being jealous about the Gashmius, you can look at people who have less than you and recognize that there's always somebody who has less than you and you can feel better about your own position. Omer Lay, Rabbi Akiva's wife said to him, Zil Havibay Rav, go to Yeshiva. So Ozel, apparently went, like, didn't take much convincing. Ozel Tarte Sarishnin Kameh to Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Akiva went for 12 years learning by Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua. Le Mishlam Tarte Sarishnin, and after 12 years, Ka'os Levese, he was coming home. Shomim in Achuri Beise, when he came close to the house, he heard from behind the house to Ka'omer Lechad Russia de Visu. There was some Russia. This is interesting. The Gemara and Ksuvah didn't talk about Russia, but here, Rabbi Akiva is hearing some not nice person saying to his wife, Shapir Avid your father did the right thing by, like, uh, by making the netter that you can't get a hana and kicking you out of the house. Because first of all, your husband's not even chashiv enough to be yours. He's not your equal. He's not someone who should be married to you. You're more chashiv than him. He left you like an almana, like a widow, all these years. So this neighbor was trying to make poor Mrs. Akiva feel bad. She says back, If he would listen to me, He should be back in the yeshiva for another 12 years. Akiva said to himself, Since she gave me the permission, I'm going to go right back. He went back to the yeshiva. He went back for another 12 years. Also, when he came back after 12 more years with 24,000 pairs of Talmidim, or maybe it was 12,000 pairs and 24,000 Talmidim. Either way, everybody went out to give him COVID and greet this Choshev Rabbi Akiva. And even his wife came out to greet him. The same bad neighbor started up with Mrs. Akiva again. Says, Where are you going in this awful clothing? You're not going to go out dressed like that. She says, that means that he knows me. And the Ryan speaks out, he's not going to be, have a problem with the way I look. So she wanted to be seen by Rabbi Akiva. And the Rabbana were trying to push her back because like, who's this crazy lady coming over to Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva says, leave her alone. Famous line, everybody's Torah is really in her schus. Famous Rav Chaim Shmulevitz about why didn't he just go in to say hello to his wife? Why would he turn around? It's, it's mashma from the, at least the reading of the Gemara that he didn't even stop in to say hello. And it's kind of a Dvar Pella and Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz makes the point that 
12 years and 12 years is not the same as 24 straight years. The idea of Ritzifus, the fact that you don't make a hefs, if you stop boiling a pot of water every 10 minutes, it'll never boil. You gotta let it sit. So of course, you have to balance that and apply it in your own life properly, but there is a message there for everyone. Lagabe Rabbi Akiva overhearing the conversation with the bad neighbor and his wife, Rav Zilberstein has a shiloh. If a guy overhears somebody say, oh man, he's such a good guy, I would definitely lend him my car without any permission. And now the guy who they were speaking about just says, oh, I guess he gives me permission to drive his car without permission. Rav Zilberstein has a shiloh there about what happens if he takes the car without permission. Can you bring a riot from this? Ultimately, he says you can't bring a riot from this kind of Gemara of Agadita, and therefore you should ask the guy permission before you take the car. Here's the Nandarim part of the story. And Kalba Savua heard that this Chashiv Talmud came into town. He wanted to get out of the nether because he really wanted to come reacquainted with his daughter and son-in-law. He must have had Harat after all these years. So also the Itchel Al Nidre, he came to this great Godel, not realizing it's his son-in-law, to ask him if he can get out of the nether. And eventually he was got out of the nether. In fact, if you look at the Gemara Suvis, speaks it out with more detail. Howard B. Kiva says, if you knew that your son-in-law would, would have become a Talmachachim, would you have made the nether? And he says, no, if you were to learn one puzzle on one Mishnah. And Rabbi says, guess what? It's me. Bop, bop, bop. Anyway, so Rekal Basavua, uh, when he realized this, he gave Rabbi Kiva half of his estate. And he lived happily ever after, until, of course, he was captured, tortured, and killed by Tornus Rufus. Continues the Gemara, Akiva. From six different sources, Rabbi Akiva became very rich. Now the Gemara is going to break down all six different ways he got rich. Min just like we just said, his father-in-law gave him a ton of money. Min Alia from the mast of a ship. There was a Misa that the Gemara is going to say, but kids are now. Every ship has this kind of figurehead in the top of it or in the front of it. And Zim Nechada Anshuye Al Once the sailors forgot this ornament, this statue kind of a thing you have in the front of the boat, and they left it on the Chayfiyama, on, on the seashore, also who Ashkachay and Rabbi Kiva returned it to them. Because it turns out, if you, the Shittim Mechabetzes bring the story more expansively, how they used to store and hide money in these things. Rabbi Akiva, when he found it, he actually returned it to them, and they were so grateful that they gave him a lot of money from it. Number three, Min Gavza, the story of the treasure chest that Rabbi Akiva had. What was the story? One time Rabbi Akiva gave four zuz to some sailors, Amar Luhu, he told them, bring something for me in exchange of that money. And they found this like empty chest, a box, you know, like a treasure chest, but it was empty. They found it on the seashore. ICLA, they, the sailors brought it to Rabbi Kiva. Amrule, they said, You should try to do something with this. Turns out it was full of gold coins. The Ben Yayara learns that really it was just heavy and the sailors thought it was empty, but it was within the walls. There was hidden money that Rabbi Kiva was able to find. So that was another source of money for Rabbi Akiva. Where did the chest actually come from? There was one time a boat that sunk. And all the money that was that was made from those traders were on were in inside that treasure chest. And it was found only now. That's number three. Number four is Min Mantranisa. There was a certain, this noble woman that gave Rabbi Kiva a lot of money. What was the story? Ran brings the story that Rabbi Kiva borrowed money from this Roman Matronisa. She said, well, you have to have an RA if you're going to have someone backing up your loan. And she said, well, I'm going to have Hashem and the sea will be the RA of Rabbi Akiva. When it came time to pay back, he was sick. So she went to the ocean and said, hey, you owe me the money now. And Hashem made a nace that the Caesar's daughter went crazy, threw money into the water. The water spit out the money and gave it to the Matronisa. When Rabbi Kiva was well enough to come back and pay, she said, no, I already got paid by your Arev, by Hashem and by the sea. And he says, and they gave me so much money that I have extra, and here's the extra. So that's how Rabbi Kiva got money. Number five, Min Ishtar Shel Turnus Rufus. The wife of Turnus Rufus, amazingly, Turnus Rufus himself ultimately was the one who murdered Rabbi Akiva. But the story was his wife wanted to be Mefate Rabbi Akiva and lead him to Avera to bring him down because... 
She was trying to appease her husband, who was frustrated with Rabbi Akiva, who always bested him in debates. So when she came to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva laughed, cried, and spat. And the Gemara explains he spat because she's from Atipa Srucha, and he and he cried because he knew she was going to have dead. And he laughed. He didn't want to tell her the reason because ultimately he knew she would be Megayeris and marry him. When he married her, he got a lot of money from that family. And lastly, Minkatiya Bar Sholem, that was the sixth story. He was the executioner who because Megayer became a Balchuva all very quickly, and he was kind of Loma B'Sha'achas, but right before he died, he said that half of his possessions should go to Rabbi Akiva. That's the Gemara Nevei Zara. Rav Gamda Yov Arbo Zuzi Lesapunoi. Rav Gamda one time gave four Zuzim to the sailors. Lasuye behind them to also bring something back, very similar to what happened by the story of Rabbi Akiva. They couldn't find anything. Asu Luhu behind Kupa. So what did they buy with the four Zuzim? They bought a monkey. Ishtamit, the monkey that was it went into a hole. They dug after the monkey. They found it crouching. They found the monkey crouching on pearls or some other precious stones. So the sailors then brought all these precious items to Rav Gamda. And the Rishayim, the Ran, Tyson, they all speak out that this was a Midas Chasidus of the sailors because really Rav Gamda had no legal claim to the precious pearls and stones that the monkey was sitting on. Rav Pini Gross kind of brilliantly pointed out, based on the Gemara and Kiddushin on Pebezim and Aleph, that Rav Safonim, the uh, sailors, are all Hasidim. Why? Because they are constantly have to daven to Hashem that they shouldn't be killed by the waves at the sea. So they all become Yari Shemayim and Hasidim. So that's why over here they did a Midas Hasidus of giving the money back to Rav Gamda. Turns out the Marsha also says this shot over here. Such a beautiful tire you have in such an ugly vessel. This basically she was insulting the way he looked. Omar Law, so Rabishu ben Chenanya says back to the daughter of the Caesar, let's learn from your father's house. Where do they put the fancy wine they have? So Amr Lay, Bibmani de Pachra. They put it in these cheap earthenware kalim. So Amr Law, why, everybody else uses these earthenware vessels to keep the wine. And you, the royal family, you're also using these shvacha low-quality kalim? Your wine should be in, in kalim of gold and silver. So she says, oh man, you're right. So she went she put all the wine into these kalim gold and silver. And what do you think happened? This, sorry, it got ruined, all the wine. So Amr Law, Shumachanya says back to her, this woman, so too is the Tyra. It's all, the fact that I'm ugly makes it a better Kaylee for the Tyra. But she says, there are very good looking who have a lot of Tyra. So Amr Lord, Rabbi Yeshua says back to her, so you have a son who, if these very beautiful looking were ugly, they would even have more Tyra. Questionable whether or not that's to be taken literally, or maybe he was just being mad. I mean, you think Rabbi Yechanan, who was such a beautiful Talmud Chacham, maybe he would have, been, he would have had more tire if he was, wasn't beautiful. I don't know. Ahi de Asia lekamedra Yehuda in Nehardoladina. There was a woman from Nehardo who came before Yehuda for a din tire. It's Chayavus Medina, and she now was found Chayav. So Amr Le, the woman said, who she wasn't very happy. So she says to Rabbi Yehuda, Shmuel Rabach Hechidon, would Shmuel your Rebbe have Paskin this way? Amr Le, he says back to her. Yadat lay, what, you knew him? You knew Shmuel? Omer lay in, yeah, oh, I knew him. Gutsa Varaba Kresa Ukam Varaba Shine. Yeah, he was short, he was fat, he was dark, and he had long teeth. Basically, she wasn't very complimentary about how the what his Rebbe looked like. Omer La, reviewed says to her, Livazuye Kaosis, when you came to me, Vazim, my Rebbe, to have a he, it's a Bisham. This woman should be in Kherim. 
Now, that's not a very good thing coming from Rebuda. Therefore, Paka Umesa, she exploded and died. All right, getting back to our Mishnah. The Mishnah had said, turmita. If you're saying that all this food, this this food that's, if you say these Tavshilim are going to have a Kainim, and I can't eat it, and we're trying to figure out what is the Tavshil, that's only things that are eaten with bread, therefore you can't eat a Beitza Tormita. So my Beitza Tormita. So Mershmuel, Avda to Ovidle Shave Alpha Dinare. Any Evid that can actually properly prepare this Beitza Tormita, he's worth a thousand gold dinar. I mean, the Evid is worth that weight much, because this is such a Chashva thing to prepare. Uma Ayale Alpha Zimni Bamaya Chamimi, put the egg in a thousand times in hot water, Alpha Zimni Bamaya Kariri in a thousand times in cold water, Ad Nemis Zutra until the egg shrinks so much that you can eat the whole thing without chewing it at all. And if there's any kind of ailment that the person has in their body, so then the egg doesn't get digested. It just kind of, I don't know, leaves some sort of a residue on the egg. The kadnafka vasi and it goes out the other end of your body and then it can be examined. So it's like an x-ray ultrasound with eggs. Maybe we should call it an x-ray. Yoda asya mai sama mitboile, and the doctor's gonna know what kind of remedy you have for this chayla. With my mitzvah, what's gonna heal him? Shmuel have a bodik nafshi bekulcha. Shmuel, who was a doctor, he used to check himself out physically with a kulcha. It's a unclear what that is. And it apparently was not a comfortable procedure, and the ladies in the household would tear out their hair because they were so distressed out of seeing what he would do to himself. Tanan Hassan, we learned in the mission in Meisras, if you're actually a field worker and you're working with Klufsen, which is a kind of figs, and the halacha is you're allowed to eat those figs when you're in, working in the field, then you can't eat the B'nai Sheva figs because it's different kind of figs. But B'nai Sheva, if you're working with B'nai Sheva figs, you can't eat the Klufsen figs. So if you want to be a fig fresser, you have to do it with only the kind of figs that you're actually working with. My klufsen, what are those kind of things? So mani titaini, they're a kind of fig, the avdin minhoin lafte. Special kind of figs that you make this kind of dish with. Ahu gavre, diov avdol there was a guy who once sent his evid to his friend who he paid lagmure alpha mine lafte to teach him how to make a thousand different ways of cooking these fig dishes. Agmure timne mea, the friend taught him how to do only 800 different varieties of this fig dish. Azmine ladina lakame de rabbi. See, this evid's master, so the guy was not happy. He schlepped the guy to Besden to Rebbe and said, he only taught me 800 different ways to eat these figs. Our Avay said we forgot the little, the pleasures, the luxury, but we even never even saw such luxury in the first place. In other words, even Rebbe, who was Yudua to be one of the r- richest people and had Kol Minim, like the Sudas of Shleim HaMelech in front of him, still he never had such extravagance that he needs to have more than 800 different ways of cooking these figs. So he's basically telling the guy to calm down and stop hocking a Chinese. All right, we're going to stop here. Pick it up again tomorrow. Learn Stark.